Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Tea Smoker My Friends podcast, a podcast where two random nerds write their own Doctor Who movie. My name is Connor. And my name is Harry. Hello, hello, hello. And we're speaking to you from the past, as is always the case with this series. <laughs> yes. Because you can't record from the future. Not gonna lie, that completely <laughs> threw me off. Had to be like... It is the 17th of January for you, but it is the 10th for us. It is, yes. It's which time means, travel. Which means we hope nothing bad really happens. Nothing really big bad happens in the next seven days. Yeah, I really hope it's a really decent week. You know? Hopefully there's no more COVID. <sighs> yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be lovely. Can you imagine? It? In a week, it's just gone. <laughs> oh, mate, I think I'd cry. I genuinely think I'd cry. Um, but look. And again, I have a friend that has it at the moment, and that's I don't know if that's within her 10 days isolation, so... <laughs> uh, no, but don't forget if it's, it's um, if you test double negative over after seven days, you're allowed out. Even though the I think, even I, though I the think virus, we should just be allowed out anyway. Even though the virus is in your system for ninety days, and you can test positive ninety days after you've had it. But, I've had my booster, first booster at least. Oh, I need to book. I couldn't book my booster yet because um, I got COVID over Christmas, so I'm having to wait. Oh, with, course, yeah. Doing the twenty-eight day wait before I can book it. Twenty-eight days later. 28 days later, I feel myself turned into a zombie already. That's a good film. I need to watch it. Never seen it. You should. You should. I'm. Um. I watched it in film studies. Um. Or media. It was one of the two. And yeah, it was really good. It's 28 days later than 28 weeks later, right? 28. Yeah, 28 weeks later is the um American. I think it's American produced sequel starring Jeremy Renner. Oh. But the first one is the better. Better. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle, starring Killian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson, um, Naomi Harris. Oh, fucking hell, stack cast then. Um, and Christopher Eccleston. Oh, sweet. On topic, on topic. On topic. Well, look, thank you so much for tuning in again, uh, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, hope, like Connor said, we well, you're saying you're that like well. the outro. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Hope you do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to. Carry on writing a Doctor Who movie. Yeah, we we might. Well, we might. <laughs> yeah, gotta be honest. Um, we th- this might be a bit more of a thought process episode because where do we go? We have next? no idea. Yeah, <laughs> we have no idea what this was happening in this scene because we haven't planned ahead really. So, but that's how we want it to be because we want we want you to experience you know this. Yes. Yeah, kind of lost my way there a little bit. Ah, we're fine. Um. Oh yeah, there's um, there's a track. So I just while we're on it, there's a track from um the twenty eight days later soundtrack that's been like used in lots of different things. Oh really? Like it's in it's used in Kickass. Oh. It was used as Big Daddy's theme in Kickass. What's what's the film out of those two where I want to say it's Robert Carlyle runs like abandons a bunch of people in a house and runs off. What what are you talking about? Twenty eight days or twenty eight weeks later. Oh, I haven't. Well, I think probably twenty eight weeks because I don't think he's in twenty eight days. So. Oh, okay. I think it's him anyway. But there's like a there's like a really famous scene where he just. Oh no, he is he is in it. Rose Byrne's in it. Oh. Rose Byrne of Attack of the Clones fame. Oh, I was rewatching that yesterday. Actually, it just Elba's in it. Fucking hell. Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. What a name. Um. For some reason, why, then, yeah, why is Rana. it? Why is it we said Imogen Poots had a swear, 
in my head I was like Vladimir Putin not related um no but I have I have seen 28 weeks I, but um, I don't remember it that was the first one I saw I never watched 28 days I was re- speaking about Attack of the Clones right I was re-watching well, I was watching a bit of Attack of the Clones yesterday but I fell asleep but um the best Star Wars film yeah go on but fuck Anakin is is I love Hayden Christensen right but Anakin is so creepy and he but, but not even not even in dialogue his facial expressions are so <laughs> yeah no they he does it is played weird but you got to think he hasn't also been brought up in that environment no of course of course yeah, he hasn't just... been brought up around women because he's a jedi yeah. i mean there are women jedi i'm not saying you know but you know what i mean no i, I, I love it it's just i remember the it's, it's always the kind of the scene obviously when he talks about sam they have the kiss and then at the end he just does that weird kind of look away as if someone's just like taking a toy away from him just it's just so that's why funny I, that's why i love um the the Auronauts parody version because they draw attention to his face then it's just yeah. so ridiculous i remember you showing um, me them actually fucking they just released their episode seven i still haven't watched it i remember you showing me the first one back in in your uni flat first year of university yeah yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's seven of them now. They've done all seven. Fuck. So, all, all seven. They've done up. Yeah, they've done the first seven Star Wars films. Fucking hell! I think I've only watched the first two with you. I'm gonna have to fucking get on it. The one, like, the ones I remember the most are one and two because they're the ones I think I've watched the most because I've shown them more because I've shown. Because obviously you have to show them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that's fair. But they're all they're all funny. Like some of them are a bit. As they go on, you're a bit like, eh, it's just kind of the same thing. But they're, they're still. I love the, I loved some of the decisions they make with the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched episode because I just thought, you know, I have a I have a list of loads and loads of um, sagas and trilogies and stuff. I'm just rewatching, and I was just like, I'll just start mm. with Star Wars again. Fuck it, it's familiar. Um, every time yeah. I do, every time I do it, though, I get to like, I get to like episode five or six, and I drop off. So I'm gonna probably do it this time. But I was watching episode one a couple of days ago. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I usually do. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because I haven't watched it in a while, but like properly, like I've like this, I've done it before when I've done like commentaries on it or um, stuck on in the background. But this was properly. I sat down, I put it on, and the lights were off, just watching it. Um, and I definitely enjoyed it a lot more this time around. I don't know what it was, but yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um. I wish I I do I I'm like that with all the all the Star Wars films all uh all eight of the Skywalker saga films and the spin-offs. You still waiting for Rise of Skywalker to come out, are you? I'm still waiting for Episode Nine to come out. I don't know what you're talking about with Rise of Skywalker. I don't know yeah, what that, is. that you... weird that weird alternative ending. That was weird, wasn't it? I have I have a feeling that that might come out around the same time as um, Season Eight of Game of Thrones. That's what I'm waiting mm-hmm. for. You know that year that that show I spent. You know, I I don't years know if it's true, but apparently like um. George Lucas was like around on set of season eight of Game of Thrones. I think I read that actually. And it's so I'm like, it's his bad his it's his um his bad luck came and came and <laughs> fucked up. I was actually talking to uh, Kyle the other day about how take Star Wars out of the equation, but George Lucas has been so influential to the film industry in a huge way. Oh, I mean, like even if you think about the way kind of. I know, I know. We all complain about the kind of overuse of CGI, especially in Episode Two. But when you think about what it achieved and how it's kind of helped the film industry as a whole, 
it's it's fucking yeah, it's mad. It's absolutely monumental. Yeah. People think too much about the negative in terms of how it looked in Star Wars and don't think enough about how that was used to influence just filmmaking yeah. in general. No, of course, because Episode Two was the first film to really use that much CGI. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. But um, if you consider like a lot of things, for example, the old they don't do a lot of stuff, and I think they're more. I don't know what they do now. They still do sound stuff, but you know the uh, THX, the company. Yes, 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 yes. That was a George Lucas company. It's not anymore. It's owned by Razer. But <laughs> oh, but even like as in the the gaming company Razer, the ones they make gaming stuff. Yeah, but even like um. Uh, like when I was watching episode 2 the other day I need to actually go back and finish it but, um, before I carry on my rewatch but even like the, the scene with the pear right and she takes a bite <laughs> out of the imaginary pear that's clearly not there it, it looks there's no reason for that to be CGI but yeah it, it looks but it looks fucking awful right but that doesn't take away from what the CGI in terms of how developed it was as, as influenced filmmaking yes it was bad yeah. in that moment doesn't mean it's it's bad overall if that makes does that make sense no of course i know what you mean yeah there's also the thing that episode two was the first film to be shot entirely on digital yep and now most films shoot on digital yep george lucas started the effects company ilm which now does is now obviously owned by disney and does the effects for basically every big budget blockbuster every big blockbuster movie yeah i was looking at them um, recently and i was just like fucking hell um, you go um their Skywalker sound basically does uh, now owned by Disney obviously does all the sound work on everything yep pretty much um Pixar started as a George Lucas company but before he sold it to Steve Jobs oh yeah it was a an anim- it was a, I don't know what it was called but it was like an animation company that George Lucas had started up and then he sold it to Steve Jobs and it went off and became Pixar shit so if, and then obviously even the first the first Star Wars film was influential for the use of effects and stuff in the cinema as well. hundred percent. I want to watch that um, on Disney Plus. It was it's that documentary. It was it came out with the original like saga box set with the six of them, and it's it's more mm. focuses on um, how the original trilogy was made. I can't remember the name yeah. of the documentary now, um, but it is on Disney. There's Plus. a few. There's a few because there's been, like, I think I know which one it is, but I can't remember what it's called. It's got like uh, the, the the main kind of title card is like like hyperspace blue and I can't remember. But no, quickly before we move on, just on to Star Wars, not in too much detail because I know we're gonna do like a a bonus episode when it's all done. But I'll... what's your initial thoughts on Book of Boba Fett? I'm liking it so far. Say again. I'm liking it so far. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you said killing it, so I didn't. I think. So no, I'm liking okay. it so far. It's good. I, I definitely enjoyed episode two more than I enjoyed episode one, I think. I still liked episode one. It wasn't... It was a slower start, but, you know, I still liked a lot of decision, decisions, decisions the show is making. Fucking hell. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I think... I think... Oh, I don't know what it was. I think the thing of episode one, especially, it just it felt like it didn't know what it was focusing on. But episode two... I don't know, I just enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. you got to think they also shoot these kind of, like, films, don't they? So, Yeah, I mean, the look of it is is I had a, incredible. I had a moment where, um, so you know you uh, the Trandoshans, the, cre- uh, the lizard-like creatures? Yeah. Creatures. The lizard-like humanoid things. Yeah, yeah. 
the species that Bosk is anyway um there's a moment where there's one of them like looks at Boba Fett and it's like it, they're practical they're they're practical costumes I think yeah and it even though you can kind of tell it's like the way their eyes look even though they're not real it's like I really love it like <laughs> I had a moment when I was watching episode two just being like I'm so happy that there's so much practical stuff in this yeah yeah I am enjoy I enjoyed the look of it I think I don't know episode one I found a, for me was a bit weak episode two I I enjoyed a lot more um I'm looking I'm looking forward to the rest of the series obviously I'm gonna give it a fair shot I'm not it's also just... cool that the sh- it's also cool that the show is being you know very very basically got commentary about colonialism and stuff like that as well yeah 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 I saw a lot of people saying that about the series. I didn't necessarily notice that when I first, because I don't, I don't always read into the things I watch. <laughs> yeah, but like when I was happy, that just that kind of amplifies it when you see that, and then you have a new way of viewing something. Oh yeah, I'm like you. I'm more of a kind of if I see something while I'm watching it, then I will kind of look at, kind of read between the lines. But a lot of the time, it's more um, retrospective. Like when I'm watching something, I'm just in the moment of yeah. like when, for example, we've been watching Spider Man. Um, I was very much in the moment of just enjoying it but it wasn't until after i walked out retrospectively i was looking back going oh right because that right and that kind of thing um, yeah yeah but yeah no yeah i just wanted to hear your initial thought that was all um, no yeah it's good but yeah cool won't talk too much about it because we are going to do an episode when there's all the episodes out yes 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 we are all nine of them Seek. i think it's nine i want to say nine yeah so, so, so our Doctor Who movie, we left it. Yeah. We left it off with um, the scene between the Doctor and an older man that is inferred to be, or we know it to be, an older incarnation of the Doctor. Um, them two speaking together, kind of giving our Doctor a kick up the arse to open the fob watch. And the last we saw was he opens the fob watch and he kind of cuts away, and then. All we know is for this next scene, we said it's going to go be back in the future. And I assume it's going to be obviously Alex, the resistance leaders. And maybe it'll end with, you know, the doctor coming back. Or would that be the halfway point? Kind of. I don't I think know. The next chunk of it is going to take place in the future so yeah it's going to be about because breaking it up into scenes some of the bits because in the some of the bits in the future we need we need to do is we need to have it revealed that the the captain is um actually david rossellini yep uh we need to have the doctor come in into the scene obviously yep about as in full-on doctor mode as well like we're gonna have to do something to you know, draw attention to the fact that it's the Doctor. Yeah. Even with the, you know, with so Alex finding out, because she doesn't, hasn't reacted, hasn't uh, interacted with the Doctor, really, at this point. What if so. it's, what if it's, like you said, we need to find out David Rossellini is the captain. I think maybe when the Doctor reappears, it should be something like, you know, the, the, Alex and Co are like cornered by Daleks, for example. The Doctor kind of runs in full Doctory, and then would he do a kind of his first kind of typical Doctor speech between him and a Dalek, for example, where he comes in all bravado? I am, you know, I am the Doctor. Kind of one of those kind of standoffs that then can kind of I'm, have a battle I'm, ensue afterwards. Maybe I feel like that's very kind of. 
doctory to have Which, him kind of yeah. run in and be like, "Here I am, you know, you you want to look, you want at me, here I am," kind of thing. I think what we need to do when we introduce a doctor is we need to have have him coming in with all his like a mix of his like bravado and his fun, like you know, carefree nature. Yeah. So I am kind of thinking of David Turner when I'm saying this as well, you know. Yeah, I was as like, well. Similar to when he first comes out of the TARDIS in um, Christmas Invasion. I was yeah, I was thinking that mixed along with, um, you know, in Daleks in Manhattan where he, he talks to Dalek Sec after he's just been humanoid, for example. He has that little speech and it ends yeah. with him doing something to allow them to escape. It's kind of those yeah. two fused in a sense. Like, yeah. I can already like um <laughs> I just thought of the dumbest line that the doctor could say um it's just like to Alex when they're like what the hell you're not you're very different then she like, addresses him as John or Mr Smith or whatever and he'd be like oh whiff of that watch and I'm a brand new man <laughs> <laughs> I like that though write that down write that down <laughs> um just, just a whiff of that watch and I'm a brand new man maybe that's how we split scenes then right so maybe maybe the next scene is revealing David Rossellini is the captain. The scene after yeah. that is then being cornered by Daleks. I think, yeah, yeah, that's another thing I was going to say. What which works works better, revealing David Rossellini is the captain with Alex, just Alex or with Alexander Doctor? I think with just Alex. I think just then... I think just Alex because it gives Alex a, another kind of intriguing plot point. But then the other fact of the matter is. When the Doctor does show up, he will recognise this as a young Davros. Yeah, so it'll be, I feel like it'd be very interesting to see. Because obviously he'll run in... Because it could be revealed David, David Rossellini is, is the captain. And then the scene after is, you know, them being cornered by Daleks, about to kind of be nowhere to go, about to have a big battle. The Doctor can kind of run in, well, middle of the situation. It's a matter of... We're also going to have the Daleks being drawn to them because of the Doctor. That's... Yeah. So, I don't. That's why the action scene thing doesn't feel. I don't know. Well, then maybe reverse it then. So maybe have, maybe have, the Doctor and the Daleks and and Alex first, and then at the end of that sequence, whatever happens in that sequence, that scene can end with the Doctor being like, right. So he introduced himself to everyone. He goes, and who's this guy? And Alex can be like, oh, he's not actually introduced no. himself yet. No, and that's when he the, takes the, his helmet off. No, the point I was making is that. Um, the Doctor was going to show up. The Daleks were going to somehow, uh, somehow figure out that uh, a Time Lord has shown up or something like that, and then they were going to take him to Davros. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. That, that then, may, that's why I'm also saying maybe it's a matter of not revealing who the Captain is until the Doctor's there as well, because then we can have it. The Captain reveals who he is in the scene with Davros, the Doctor, and Alex. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like it's it's. It's weird because I'm trying to think about you've got to think about the flow of the film as well and like what actually needs to go here. I don't think it can just be a little just dialogue exchange because we just had one as well and then just the doctor just shows up. I feel like it does need to be action. So maybe it could be I don't know. So See, I don't want it to be a Dalek attack because I specifically wanted the I don't know if it it, it doesn't have to be this way. We can change it. But I think initially we were going to have it that the Doctor is somehow to blame for the Daleks coming to the humans again. I don't know. 
Yeah. It might work better to have them being attacked already. Well, maybe maybe not even an attack then. Maybe maybe they get cornered by Daleks. Because this the, the beginning of this scene is going to have them arriving at their hideout place, isn't it? So Yeah, maybe they get cornered by Daleks. The doctor you know comes in and tries to comes in all bravados, tries to kind of bargain with them. Um and that results in them being captured and taken away, he he kind of manages to get it so that they're taken to to Davros, for example. I was gonna actually have it, yeah. That the point is, is that the Daleks would be like, there shouldn't be a Time Lord here, because you know, at this point, they've won the Time War. Yeah, no, they, exactly. So like, when he turns up, instead of exterminating them, they decide to take them to to Davros because obviously a Time Lord's just turned up, so it kind of throws them off a little bit. And we're gonna have. Old time, old Davros being like, I destroyed all the TARDISes. Yeah, exactly. It might work like that, maybe. So, some of the scenes we need, we need to, well, it's just some of the things we need. We need to reveal that the captain is David Rossellini. We need the doctor to come in and do all his doctor stuff. And we need them to eventually be taken to Davros. Yeah. Eventually taken to Davros. And when I say them, I mean Doctor, Alex. And David. Um. Or, okay, I don't know if this will work though. What if when they get to the hideout, you know, they get there and obviously David's the captain, but you don't know David's the captain until later, that's fine. You know, he gets in and they say, Sir, we've got something to show you, and the doctor's already there. He's turned up a couple of minutes before they take him to go meet them. Um, and that's how the Daleks... He's literally... He could literally have turned up literally like a minute or two prior to them coming to the base. And then that's how the Daleks track them down. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think what... The, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Because um, I think first we need to figure out what the first scene is actually going to be properly. Yeah. Like the first part of this, so when now we've gone back to the, back to the future, lol. Um, so that's stuff we need to happen. I'll make a separate future. And scene, because um, when we go back, <laughs> back to the future, I have to write that. Um, Alex and the and the survivors will be arriving at the. Um, there, wherever the camp or hiding spot, whatever. Yeah. Back at their camp or hiding spot, and then like, what's 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 got to happen there? So the last thing we left off with was just them. They just keep they've just kept moving. The captain has taken the vortex manipulator away from Alex. Well, maybe this scene literally just starts with them. Arriving at the camp. That's what I'm saying. That's how the scene will start. So they arrive the here. So they. Sorry. What else is going to happen in the scene? <laughs> they arrive at. They arrive at the camp. Um. Well, this this is what I'm saying. This is what we need to decide. Do we want? Do we want the doctor to have already just turned up at the camp? So as soon as they walk into the camp, someone can go up yeah. to the captain and be like, "Captain, we we need to." He like he could start by talking to Alex about something, and they're interrupting. Goes, Captain, we need to show you something. 
Um, and I don't they... think it works. I don't think it works because we've just left the Doctor. Yeah, Sheik needs to have a bit more time. In terms of for editing, yeah, I feel like it's then then cut to oh he's suddenly in the future. I feel like give it some time. Yeah, <laughs> lol time, get it. It's time travel. <laughs> um, um, so we need to figure out something that can happen in this scene, like because we know that I mean it could I don't know some sort of interrogation. I was gonna say what if they take what if the captain takes Alex for questioning. Because he's not really spoken, yeah. he's not really spoken to her, right? So he, he no, he he hasn't at all. He clearly doesn't trust stuff. So Apart they, from saying one little line at the end of the last scene. Yeah, so they could walk into the camp, and the first thing he does goes right, um, take her away, whatever, and it, you know they he he sits her down and and starts questioning her, and that could last a couple of minutes of them kind of him asking her all these questions, her just kind of being confused and being like, look, I'm just trying to get home. I don't fucking know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe that then culminates with them being interrupted or them going somewhere and the doctor turning up. Um, I'm thinking in okay. I'm not. We're not going to write out the dialogue, obviously, right now. That's not part of this process right now. Yeah, this is a um, thought process, kind but. Of. In the interrogation, things could be gradually getting closer to um, the captain, maybe, but like getting closer to finding out who he is. Yeah. In the interrogation, like, there could be subtle hints in the stuff that he says, like, not flat out something like he recognizes Alex, because technically he would, but it obviously has been a very long time. Yeah. Um,. And as far as he knows, back when he first met Alex, they were just some random person who was with the Doctor. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying, um, it it can kind of build up and build up, and just as he's about to reveal an, it, then I'm thinking there's an interruption. Like, it could just be one of the other like survivors walks in and says, "Sir, we've been we were followed, or like Captain, we were followed by like a Dalek or something like that. Just one rogue Dalek." Yeah. And I think it, then that because obviously one Dalek can that's a, it can cause enough. You know, destruction. Yeah, maybe they're pretty sure there's a line. There's a line in Doctor Who that's been said about a one Dalek. Yeah, and then maybe, maybe, maybe you can say the Daleks there because it's sensed. Well, I'm thinking no. It's it's more it follow it. It did it's just, just follow them. them. Yeah, and it's when the Doctor does show up, like because the Dalek is there, the Daleks sees it, and then I don't know. Are the Daleks like all connected, like via a hive mind or something? There must be some. For, I mean, if not, we can say they've got a hive mind like, for this. I'm sure the Daleks. Like I'm thinking, like, uh, can they see what other Daleks see? You know, no, but they they have a form of machines. they have a form not of not in that sense, not in like can every Dalek see the exact same thing? But I'm saying like, if you were to go back to their the Dalek headquarters, can they see what the other Dalek sees? Possibly. I mean, they have a form of internal like a, communication a live feed or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're machines, aren't they? That it's not actually their eye, is it? So it's like it's a machine. But to be fair, we, so we can... can just say they have a live feed or some shit. Yeah, but to be fair, we can have our own variation on Daleks as well. We can kind of change and adapt yeah, them to whoever we want. So this could just be some form of spy Dalek. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's a normal Dalek and there's just they just they there there's a live feed coming from them yeah. to, to back to the base. And I think it wouldn't if it's a matter of we don't know that the Dalek has called for other Daleks, essentially. Yeah, until no. they show, until they all start showing up and surrounding them. But then, like, yeah, the Doctor can reveal himself once the Dalek's been attacking. Yeah, so we'll say the next scene is they get back to the camp, 
He takes her for interrogation. Yeah. It kind of they're trying to find out as much as they can about each other, but it's more him, you know, it's building and building and building and building, and he's about to reveal his identity when someone interrupts and says, "Sir, we've got a problem. A Dalek's followed you back to the camp." They walk outside and they they see this this lone Dalek who's followed them all the way back to the camp. Um, you know, does his usual Dalek. I'm gonna kill you or exterminate all this shit. Um, everyone's kind of on tender hooks, and then that's when the Dalek can kind of maybe start freaking out in terms of right, we we sense a Time Lord or something's wrong, and then that's when the Doctor can kind of be like, "Hello." I like I like an I like a matter of rather than it being as like oh you know we know the time was nearby it could just be like the doctor just like Walks even out. if he just runs into the scene and sh- stops Alex from being shot or something yeah so maybe he goes to exterminate then, he goes to exterminate Alex and the, first then the Dalek is just like perplexed it doesn't just it do- it stops firing completely you know and it's just like silent or something for a moment yeah I like that because it's like they they all somehow recognize the doctor yeah maybe I don't know it doesn't matter um. Something we do need to do, I just figured out, something that needs to be a bit clearer over the course of the whole film is obviously we set up earlier in the film that Alex is a character that leans too heavily on other people. Yeah. So we need to actually have something that shows their growth by the end. Yeah. Maybe maybe it can start with kind of subtly... Stick it so up. I'm, yeah, I'm just, it's just because I'm talking about like thinking it. I'm thinking about if there's a way, like not right now. We don't have to go into it, obviously, but if there's a way in this scene that we can get that across that there is a growth there. Well, I was going to say like maybe they can start stick when they're being interrogated. Maybe they start not a lot, but just they they start to slowly stick up for themselves. They still find it quite pressurizing and quite you know stressful, but there could be certain things I, where they turn around. I don't think it. It's so much a matter of needing to stick up for themselves, but that that obviously the word that that goes without saying. But I mean more about relying less on other people to make their own decisions, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, or because the the thing we were making out is that like you know Alex was more. Uh, like with with, with with I think it was back back more about how how their parents were and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And then moving to university is more like, oh, now you're doing it on your own. You've got to fend for yourself more kind of thing. Yeah. I think it could even come down to something like it's more in the final scene. Like it doesn't have to be explicit like throughout the entire film, but I think there should be a couple of signs. And I think there has been already. So I think it can. I think we can do it in three acts, actually, because if you talk about it, the first time we see her, see Alex, uh, whatever, um, they're shown as being, you know, quiet, shy, not quite able to put themselves out there. Yeah. Then there's a change in Alex when they get traveled, sent back to the 1960s. Yeah, because they're quite angry. Alex makes a, you know, an explicit like decision. Like, Alex makes a very rash decision, decision, very quickly, like not thinking at all, and just does it. Yeah. Because things are getting on top of them, and that's a that's a, a sign of progression at least yep and then by the end it could be a matter of alex needs to do something that will help save the day yeah i like that in like a final conflict or something like that and then makes the right decision in that moment to do you know like becomes their own it could person. be a matter of put, putting themselves at risk yeah to do something for Some, example. something they wouldn't have done at the start of the film and um 
it could even be in the future bit because I feel like when we go back, I think all I want most of the actual action to be in the future. Yeah. Because when we go back to the um, present, to the part, to the present, it's going to be a matter of I think we don't then need to have another face off with a with with a Davros and a David Rossellini because they're the past versions, and then it just needs to be a matter of the Doctor not going at it from a more because I don't. You don't it know is, what, you know yeah, what I'm trying to say it doesn't need when it goes back to the present. It doesn't need to be more kind of from a war perspective it needs to be more from a resolution perspective so he needs to kind of go back do what he it needs be, to and do it, and have the resolution it should be a, a whole thing it's like you know no like the doctor's like sick of war, the war and stuff like that yeah and like they've and he can even say to davros i've seen what the war will do yeah like i can see what your what this path is going to do for both of you and it, it doesn't end well for either of you yeah exactly yeah i like that um you could because you could leave it you know the Davros's base is falling down in flames and he will start shouting stuff like, you know, it's you and all that. Basically exactly what he says in Journey in whatever that last episode's called. Is it Journey's End? Yeah, it's Journey's End. Yeah, basically what he's shouting in that when he's like dying in his crucible or whatever it's called. Yeah, no, yeah, I was thinking that as well. <laughs> you know, like you basically leaving him to die. Even though he does try to save him there, right? He, he? Oh yeah, he offers to, he's like, look, I will save you. And he's like, nah, and fuck Davros, you, take fam. my hand, run over and take my hand. Davros like, oh, very funny. I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Davros is basically sitting there going, nah, fuck you, man. You, you've... He's not a great representation for disabled people, is it? He literally turns around and goes, you literally destroyed the worlds. And then you can turn around and be like, you wanted to destroy the universe, you absolute twat. Like, what? And then Dalek Khan's like, oh, one will still die. <laughs> That's fucking great. But it's actually and it's... the incarnation of Donna, because she loses her memory. Well, no, you don't actually see what happens on the beach after they, he leaves um, the other the other version of himself and Rose. Rose's head just explodes. Well, see, I would agree with that, but I am currently... And everyone thought it was going to be Donna's head that would explode, but it was actually Rose's. I mean, I am currently reading a comic that's set after that, so... But that's not canon. <laughs> yes, it is. And oh, no, fuck it, ours is canon. No, Rose, yeah. Basically, the target, as soon as the time. Well, no, it's not canon because I went. It's not canon because I went back in time to change the canon and got my sniper rifle, went to Dalegul Strand and, and shot her in the head. No, no. What happens was like the, the doctor leaves, and then um, it's actually Pete Tyler on the cliff top with a, with a sniper rifle. <laughs> he shoots the human doctor's head off. And then he's like, then he, then it's a shot of him just like slowly lowering the uh, his sniper rifle and going, "It's Pete's world." <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking! What's the line? He, then, says, um, he says he says a line in Doomsday. He's like, "This is my world, and you're gonna listen for once." Like it could just be a variation of that. <laughs> uh. And then Rick, Ricky just turns around, even though he's not in this universe, and he's just like. <laughs> What am I doing here? What, what am doing I doing there? there? And then and Pete except Tyler's... he's recast. Oh, except he's recast because it's not Noel Clark anymore. No, I was gonna say it'll be Noel Clark at first, but then Pete shoots him, and then there's like we well, no, because then Noel Clark still gets a paycheck. Oh no, yeah, we don't want Noel Clark to get a paycheck. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, and, recast, recast, and, um, recast. Yeah. So we'd recast Noel Clark, and we've recast recast uh, Captain Jack. We did. <laughs> Oh, uh, I just love the thought of Pete Tyler shooting the Meta Crisis Doctor and then just, <laughs> just just turning to camera on top of this cliff top and being like, it's, it's Pete's, my world. It's Pete's world. 
Princess Peach world. <laughs> Series ends. <laughs> and then at the end of the credits, Pete Tyler will return in Pete's world. Yeah, Rose is just there, like fucking covered in blood. Jackie's there, just like, what the fuck? You know when everyone's always going on about how they want like a series set in that universe, you know, the David Tennant and Rose Tyler yeah. thing? They should do it, but they should just call it Pete's World. Do you know, it nearly did happen. Ro- um, Billy or Pete's P- World. Well, Billy P- <laughs> after Series 2, Billy Piper was signed on to um, reprise her role in like a little spin mem- series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing something about, yeah, that might have happened at one and point. And then, they, yeah, they went, with the, they went with the director of Sarah Jane Adventures. And then... Well, no, that that universe did happen. That's what that's what the uh, Secret Diaries of a Cool Girl is. Ah, uh, of course, of course. That's why Matt Smith's in it. Yeah. Don't 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 think don't read in don't think too much about it about how Matt Smith is in it. But that's why Matt Smith's in it. But um, <laughs> yeah, Big Finish have done a, a spin-off series of Rose in that world. Of course they have. And the <laughs> what haven't Big Finish done? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the guy who plays Pete Tyler's prizes, right? Even the guy who plays um, Clive in Rose, you know the the, the conspiracy theorist. He's fucking oh, yeah. in it as well, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, he's someone, isn't he? He's been in other things. I think he's an alien from another world. That first episode is so weird. It is, isn't it? Thinking about it. We'd, we'd write such a better first episode, even though we probably wouldn't. <laughs> For some reason, when I thought of that, that line, I keep thinking of the kid from Harry Potter who goes, It's an omen of death. Of death. Not the grin, you idiot. The grim. The grim. <laughs> the grin. What's he's the grin? He's so unnecessarily dramatic. But he's fucking great. He's so good in that film. He was only at Hogwarts for a year. <laughs> yeah, he was. You never fucking see him again. Maybe he was just too dramatic. But God, Hogwarts like, no, nah, I can't deal with this shit. See you later. Do you, remember when La- Do you remember when Lavender Brown was supposed to be black? Was she? Yeah, in the first book, she's described as black. I so think. is... No, it's Hermione. No, Hermione isn't described as any colour. There's specific until a later book, she is described as white. Oh, that's what. I'm, right, okay. Like, because at one point, J.K. Rowling was like, "I never explicitly described her skin colour," and then it's like at one point that someone just re- replied, being like, "Yeah, that there's this line. You, you say she's white." Have you watched that Return to Hogwarts special yet? No, it's pretty good. Yeah, but. Ugh. Jackie Rowling's not really in it. She didn't like. No, I know she. She not. They didn't get her back for it at all, did they? No, they reused um, some twenty. <laughs> they they, they used, recast her. <laughs> <laughs> they used some twenty nineteen um, studio tour footage, but she's. I think she has the equivalent of like twenty seconds. Is is Catherine Watson in the new Fantastic Beasts or not? Well, this is what I was wrong because obviously she's not in the because trailer. I know that because I know that she was very vocal about. Against what J.K. Rowling was, you know, advocating. Well, according to according to the official website, she is. But then, have you noticed? And I remember if you know, sorry, if you know, I remember seeing. I I don't remember much of the trailer. I've seen it once, but yeah. Um, sorry, if you notice in the first film and the second film, it it has J.K. Rowling in the trailer titles. In this, they've taken her name out of it, and it just says Warner Brothers. So maybe, yeah, she is meant to be in it, but yeah, I don't know. I was wondering the because same thing. I saw someone tweet as well saying the good thing about Fantastic Beasts having so many you know so many random you know unlikable characters not unlikable characters but like boring characters you can just drop one of them and nobody will care. Yeah, because they brought back um, Steve Cloves who was the screenwriter for the Harry Potter films from three onwards, so to write this film. So I think they're trying to distance themselves. Well, I mean, it's, 
they've got the well, story. I think it's more well, they can't really because it's still it's still a story J.K. Rowling's written, so they can't distance themselves from her. No, but I mean, um, and the fact that they're still making the films at all means that they're still not they're not really because they're giving her money. Yeah, true. <laughs> and she's still going to make a lot of money from the films, probably. I'm I, I'm assuming they'll make some money. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but the thing. They need they the reason why they brought on a screenwriter is because of the criticism of the last one feeling like it had too many plot threads going on at once. Yeah. And feeling like a book rather than a film. Yeah, it did feel like a book to be fair. Like the the way things were just re- re- revealed and stuff like that. There's that whole scene where there's like what is it like five different stories are told in one scene or whatever it is. <laughs> oh fucking hell, yeah. That oh god, the film's dreadful. I'm sorry to anyone that likes it. It's fucking awful. I need to rewatch that one. <laughs> No, you don't. Because <laughs> I no, because I will see the third one. Yeah, you will, but you don't need to. Don't worry about it. I mean, it just culminates in um, Ezra Miller being a Dumbledore, doesn't it? Yep, that's it. That's all the film. That's all the film reveals. That's it. That's like it. That's all the film does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all right. Yeah, fair. Ezra Miller's still alive. Ezra Miller's around. Ezra Ezra Miller's Dum- Dumbledore's brother. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's all the information you need, and that's all the information that this film really needs to convey. The rest of it is all unnecessary. Tell you what, though, if you got got a good soundtrack, listen to it recently. Decent soundtrack. Ugh. Fair. Fair. I don't know. I just, I do want to re- maybe reread the books again at some point. But like, I've just, yeah, I've just started properly rereading them. I haven't properly. Oh, you do it every year. No, no, but I reread. I reread free. Um, but I've never. S- I remember you. You did reread all of them when we were at one of the houses. Yeah, I think it was Uni House. Yeah, I haven't done. I remember you rereading them. Well, Maddie's never read them, so we went out and brought them at, at Asda for her. Um, so she has her own collection, and I've just kind of started properly sitting down and rereading them again. But yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> it's my Voldemort impression. Um, so, I don't know what, what have we done about this scene. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of got a bit off topic, didn't we? Yeah, we got very off topic this episode, but we know uh, we know kind of what's happening. So, Alex, I, the last thing I wrote was Alex showing signs <laughs> of uh, no, she's showing progression. no, she's showing the film signs with Mark Wahlberg. She's like, watch this. <laughs> no, that's not that's not signs. <sighs> I it was. Mark Wahlberg's in the happening. Oh, okay. Fuck. Um, I don't remember who's in Signs. But did you know that the screenwriter for... um, How much of Mythic Quest have you watched? I'm on Season 2, Episode 2. So you know um the testers? Yeah. You know the guy tester? Yes. He's the guy that's writing the Last of Us series for HBO. Is he really? Yeah, and he's the, he's the guy that wrote Chernobyl. Fucking hell! Yeah, never would have thought that. No, when I found that out, I was like, "Oh, that's because they they had him on their podcast." And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's that's cool." He also wrote Scary Movie three and four. Fair. <laughs> he made a re- he he made a really sharp turn into I'm gonna write Chernobyl and then The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, he really fucking took a U turn with that, didn't he? Crikey! But yeah, that's that's so random. It's not something you would predict, but yeah, he's yeah. Shit! Fair play. Um, but yeah, Alex showing signs of progression and change from the beginning of the film. God, should have kept up to with the, up with my notes and change from the beginning. They are interrupted by 
a Dalek attack. Pew pew. Stuff is happening. Alex is almost shot. Dead. But saved by the bell. Saved by the doctor. Saved by the bell. And then he does all his doctor stuff. Yeah. Until more Daleks arrive. And they are taken to... King Davros. King Davros? Um, and then that stuff happens. And, the, you know, more of, the, more of the film happens. I think that's pretty much that scene. This is a very weird episode. <laughs> no, but it's been a nice episode, I think. It's been nice to kind of just chat. As the listener would have seen, the name of this episode is now uh, Pete's World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to have... see. I'm going to see if I can find some PNGs of Pete Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> have, him standing, have him standing on a cliff top. I'm just going to get loads of them. Oh, I just, no, you just gave me a really good idea. Sweet. I'm glad, um, I'm glad I can be of assistance. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a Dragon Ball Z movie where there's like, it's, there's loads of like metal clones of an enemy. Oh yeah. And like all of them just like appear over a clifftop, just looking down at Goku and Vegeta. And I'm just thinking <laughs> if I, oh, if I was good at editing, I would make that clip. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sick. But like, that's what I'm thinking of now. Just all of the just the Pete Tyler's on the clifftop and just Goku and Vegeta there. Oh, Pete's, <laughs> this is Pete's world. He's not Jason Statham. This well, is, that would be cool. That would be sick, wouldn't it? Jason Statham playing Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I think that brings us to... Brings us to the end of the episode. Some sort of end. Yeah. Well, look, thank you for listening to our more of our thought process this week. Um, yeah, but you know that's a scene that will happen more in the writing. Yeah, exactly. Like in the actual writing of the scene. Yeah, um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, we really do appreciate it. You can find us on all elements of social media as usual. You can find us at Facebook, Rock Spot, and Two Smoking Microphones. You can find us on Instagram, Two Smoking Microphones, Two Smoking Mics. Was it Two Smoking Microphones? I can't remember. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, Two Smoking Mics. Uh, really butchered that this week. Fuck it now. We also have an email address, twosmokingmicrophonespod at gmail.com. You can find Connor on Twitter. He is... At ConnorJordan underscore 96. You can find me on Twitter at HarryYoungEdits or go to my blog, thereviewlab.org. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. We really do appreciate it. Um, and we will we'll see you next week. <laughs>